1: And we are going to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mystery Veterinary Group, where Jane Pickett joins me on this sunny Thursday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. Okay, a bit chilly, but the sun is shining and that's all we want. Okay, let's get straight into questions for Jane. Mm-hmm. You can still keep your questions coming in 0818-103103 103 103, or you can text our WhatsApp to 86 103 103. Now um hi Jane. I have a Yorkie dog whose skin is turning black and is losing hair. What could be causing it? Is it some kind of an infection? He is nine years old. He is scratching a lot.
2: Okay, if he's scratching a lot, then I think it is most likely directly to do with the disease. In middle aged to older pets, sometimes we can actually get skin changes if there's hormonal abnormalities like an overactive or underactive thyroid um, or problems with the stress hormone. But as your pet is really itching, I think those things are less likely, it's more likely directly to do with the skin. So when the skin goes black that's hyperpigmentation now that can happen for a number of reasons sometimes it's natural in some dogs with their coloring Um, sometimes it can be due to hormonal changes but really commonly it's due to longer term scratching of the skin so kind of self-trauma the skin changes its makeup a little bit and it becomes pigmented almost as a little protective mechanism so I think the pigmentation in this case is most likely be kind of a a secondary symptom of the itching if he's losing hair as well that'd be alopecia if he's itching it's probably all connected it could be something like a skin infection whether that be bacteria or an overgrowth of yeast. Now, both of those things are really, really treatable. Um, So, you know, it's just a case of finding out what's going on. I suppose commonly as well, we can get parasites. Now, we commonly think of those parasites of, let's say fleas, mites, lice happening in younger pets, but that's really not the case. They can happen in any age of pet. So the first thing I would do is think about when you last gave your your ectoparasite control. So that's the the preventative tablet or spot on that you would for fleas mites and lice now if that's not been done recently then that's okay too it's just best to know when you've used it last and what you've used before you go to the vet so if you have that information that's really helpful if they haven't been done recently probably the first thing your vet will do will be get you up to date with that with a really good quality product and those good quality products are usually available from your vet or your pharmacist so they're the safe really effective ones It is quite likely that your vet will probably take some samples from the skin. This is usually totally painless. Sometimes we do it with a little bit of tape. Sometimes we take little impressions and we sometimes look at them under the microscope and that will give us an indication if there's parasites there, or if there's a lot of bacteria running around if there's little bacteria parties happening, or if there's an overgrowth of yeast. There is a number of options of what could be going on, but the really important thing is to get to your vet, let them know what's been happening. They'll do some initial testing. Find out what's going on and then they'll be able to select the correct treatment for your pet. So well done with noticing. Best of luck. I'm sure it's something that could be sorted.
1: I'm right in thinking it's one of the hardest things to get to the bottom of it. Is it skin conditions and itching in, in, in a dog or a cat?
2: Absolutely. They can be really challenging at times because generally they're kind of like an onion. There's lots of layers going on. So the top layer of that might be. Um, skin infection with bacteria or yeast but underneath it there might be kind of predisposing factors whether that's the pet's breed or let's say their environment or environmental allergens so like you or I some of us can get hay fever some of us can have skin allergies some of us don't like wearing clothes that have been washed in certain types of detergent and we don't think of these things in our pets very often but they do seem to be a thing so sometimes an underlying skin allergy can cause the skin barrier to just not be as robust as it was once upon a time. So that can make them more prone to getting things on top. So it can be quite a multifaceted um, disease process, but it is really important just to trust your vet, work through things logically. And if something's not quite worked for your pet or if it's worked and then come back, that's really important to let your vet know because skin is is never really straightforward. It's a bit of a roller coaster and sometimes it's just a case of managing things ongoing, but it can be done.
1: Okay, here's Susie who's trying to put preventative treatment in place, which is always great news. She's got a Labrador pub, five months old, great fun at the moment now this little puppy has replaced a much loved older Labrador who sadly passed away last year aged 14 now the older lab suffered very badly with his teeth in his latter years and they want to know what can be put in place to prevent the same happening with this pup
2: Okay, well, first and foremost, I'm so sorry to hear that your pet has passed, but also very happy to hear that you have a new exciting arrival in the household. I think it's really great. This makes my heart sing when I hear of owners of young pets wanting to put things in place to prevent disease. So really well done. I think the biggest thing you could do for your pet for their dental health long term at this point are kind of two things. One would be diet related. So normally we would favor kind of a a crunchy kibble diet over a soft food diet these dogs tend to have less tartar buildup over time. They'll always have some. I think an important thing to think about is you and I, we probably brush our teeth twice a day. So we're getting rid of all of those remnants of the food and all of that bacteria that would eventually, if we left it in place, form tartar. So that dirty teeth look that we can see sometimes in our pets. So, you know, we're never going to be able to tell them to brush their teeth twice a day. So we're going to have to try and help them out a little bit. So to brushing your pet's teeth is probably the single most effective thing you can do to preserve their dental health and also the cheapest. So I would normally recommend trying to do it daily if you can, but look, life happens. It's not always possible as often as you remember, at least twice a week if you can. The important things are start slow, make it a really kind of happy and I suppose playful um, time for your pet when you're teaching them to brush their teeth. You can get special dog and cat toothbrushes. They're great, but I also find that normal toothbrushes are pretty good too. The big thing that has to be a special thing, though, is the toothpaste. Please, please, please don't try and brush your dog's teeth with human toothpaste. Um, It's generally menthol flavoured. It sometimes has sweeteners in it, which are dangerous for our pets as well. And they just really won't like the taste. You won't have much luck getting them on board with the idea and they'll probably resent it. We can get chicken, liver, beef flavoured toothpaste from your vet. And that's probably the way to go. Yeah, makes it much, much happier, much tastier. They tend to really like it.
1: So, and you, won't get it, time, you won't get it mixed up and used it yourself?
2: Oh, one would <laughs> hope not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that all right. Would be, so, that you, would be my tip. they're going down the right route. Uh, well done. Now, Alyssa wants to know how can you train dogs to use one area of the garden? My dogs have the lawn and the driveway uh, destroyed. They're pooing everywhere. I've tried using bleach and vinegar to deter them, but that's not working. Would Jane have any recommendations?
2: Mm, yeah this this is a tough one like I suppose if we could get them to do their business in one area of the garden it makes it I suppose cleaner for the rest of the garden and um, but also easier for us to clean up which is really helpful I think the important thing to remember here is your dog doesn't really know that you only want them to use one part of the garden for them it's all just grass and smells of the outside so they don't really differentiate it so sometimes if like you're saying really good boy for doing it there but bad boy for doing it here they, they don't really understand the distinction so it's important to try and make it easy for them if you can make one area of the garden where you want them to do their business have a slightly different texture whether that be a different type of grass or a different type of gravel or even kind of try and delineate it with lots of flower pots so they have a little squary area to do their business in and always take them in there to do their business and give them a big treat and a big pat after they do it there if you're making kind of visually and texturally a little bit different for them, then that will help them to think, well, I do my business there and everything else is different garden. So that can help. If your pet does make the mistake, though, whilst they're learning and does do their business in the other parts of the garden, don't bother scolding them. They, it, it just won't really connect for them. Um, and all they'll all that will do will be making them fearful of doing their business in front of you. Um, so just reward them when they do really well. If they slip up and make a mistake, it's best just to to, 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 to ignore it um, and just use positive reinforcement. But that would be what I suggest. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do, is what is yeah, I would say, yeah. but it is possible.
1: Good luck with it. Marion wants to know how often should she be bathing a her dog? It's a white West Highland Terrier. Is once a month recommended?
2: once a month is grand to be honest it really depends on your pet's lifestyle if they are the kind of dog who will go out and get absolutely as muddy as sin And they need to be washed to come into the house. Well, you're just going to have to do it as often as you have to. (laughs) Um, So because nobody wants a a big, wet, mucky dog on the sofa. But what I will say is be a little bit careful not to overwash them. I normally say four to six weeks. Six weeks is kind of the sweet spot, to be honest with you, Um, because we don't want to be stripping too many of the natural oils out of their coat because that sometimes can give them dry and flaky skin. Um, so I wouldn't hopefully need to wash them more than once a month, ideally. But look, if they're really mucky, uh, mucky pups, then you may need to. And, and yeah, that's OK. And, and Just and keep an eye on their skin.
1: I think the fact that Marion has described it as a white West Highland. She yeah. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the, I think the key is 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 in our question. Uh, Jane, my cat has a cyst on his cheekbone. He seems fine and well. Any recommendations? He's semi wild, so I would find it impossible to get him to a vet.
2: OK, Normally, um, for a pet that was comfortable being caught or put on a lead and taken to the vet, I would recommend that, you know, any lump or bump that's there, the classic thing I say is a lump and a bump is a lump and a bump until proven otherwise. We don't know what it is a lot of the time. Um, and sometimes we'll need to do testing, whether that be a little aspirate or a biopsy to send to the lab so that they can look at the cells and the architecture of what we have. And that will tell us if it's a benign lump, so something we don't need to worry about or even assist, um, or if it's something a little bit more worrisome, if it's a little tumour or a little lump and bump that we need to, to be concerned about and take off. I would normally say that if a lump or a bump has been in place for more than a month and it's a, it's I suppose it's about the size of a pea or larger then it really needs veterinary attention to assess it before it changes further and gets bigger. And that will be the recommendation. But I suppose in lieu of in lieu of anything else, I suppose you could take a little photo of it and try and track it at home yourself. So I think really to get to the bottom of it, you'll need a vet to assess it. But I suppose keep a little eye on you've noticed it now. Is it still there in a month? Take a photo now, take a photo in the month. Has it changed in size, shape, texture? Uh, if it has and it's still present, it definitely needs to see the vet. So have a chat to your vet about if there's anything they can do to help smooth the transition to them coming. Yeah, into the and, and and okay.
1: usually most vets' practice you'd be able to get most vets' practices be able to give a cage that you could catch. The cat so, in.
2: sometimes sometimes um, some some clinics would have kind of. Uh, Cat traps or you know cages that you'd be able to bring them in in a lot a lot don't unfortunately yeah, okay um so it's just it's worth asking locally yeah to, to see what the situation is okay
1: listen mind of information as always have a lovely week and we'll chat next Thursday
2: you too thank you very thanks much thanks for, for that
1: sharing. that is Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket they're part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group planning for your next trip.